special time when we celebrate the birth of our Lord. And I, I just want to say to you, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, usually when we talk about Christmas, we read the, the, the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, or maybe we go to Matthew and re, we read the Christmas story there in Matthew. Last week, I talked to you, shared with you how that Isaiah foretold the Christmas story, but this morning, I want to read it to you from the Gospel of John. It's just one verse, but it speaks the most powerful truth of the Christmas story. Because Christmas is really about celebrating the birth of Christ. And John 3.16 tells us what the birth of Christ was about. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know that for many of you, you know that verse, you know it well, but I believe that God would do something fresh in our hearts today. We need a fresh revelation of this, that this is why Jesus was born in a manger. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That's the true message of Christmas. Ruth Bell Graham said it well. She said, this is Christmas, the real meaning of it. God loving, searching, giving himself to us. Man needing, receiving, giving himself to God. Redemption's glorious exchange of gifts. I don't know about you, but I don't think I had much to offer in this gift exchange. <laughs> without which we cannot live, without which we cannot give to those we love anything of lasting value. This is the meaning of Christmas, the wonder and the glory of it. Christmas. Time to celebrate the love of God. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, born in a manger to die on a cross. For what purpose? That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the message of the gospel. That love of God, it is the driving force of the gospel. John 3.16, well, it just gives us the heart of the gospel, it gives us in a single verse the greatest story in Scripture. I like to break it down like this. God, the greatest, so loved, the greatest love, the world, the greatest number that He gave, the greatest act. His only begotten Son, the greatest gift, that whoever, that's the greatest invitation, believes, that's the greatest simplicity. In Him, the greatest person, should not perish the greatest deliverance, but that's the greatest difference. Have, that's the greatest certainty, everlasting 
life, eternal life, the greatest possession because that is to be with our God for eternity. He loves us. He loves us no matter what we've done, no matter what we might be going through right now, no matter how you might feel, you need to know that He loves you. We don't ever need to wonder about it. We should never question it because He has proven His love for us. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, when we were at our very worst, Some of us might not be there yet. But here's the thing. When we were at our very worst, Christ died for us. That's how much He loves us. And you see, some of us who've been serving the Lord a long time, we know these truths, but it needs to be fresh and real in our heart, not only for our sake, but so that we are ready to minister the love of God to others. While we were at our very worst, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And He loves us all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everybody in between. He just loves us all. He loves those who have done wrong. He loves the sinner. And He loves the saint. He loves the one that's lost their way. He loves the one that's hurting. He loves the one that's bound. He loves the one that is searching. Sometimes you know, people talk about love... But it's really nothing but talk. But our God showed His love for us. He proved His love for us when He gave His Son. And it doesn't leave any room for doubt. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He showed His love for us by sending His Son to die in our place. He took upon Himself our sins. God come to earth in the flesh. He took upon Himself our sins so that we could be forgiven. You know, we are so limited. We're so finite. It's really hard for us to grasp the love of an infinite God. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. It's just not something that our carnal minds can really attain but we need to know this, that His love for us is not just something He does, it is who He is. And the Bible tells us that in 1 John four sixteen, we know and rely on the love God has for us. Are you relying on His love this morning? God is love. Whoever, li whoever loves lives in God and God in Him. Wow. That verse is so packed with powerful truth. Whoever loves or whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. See, we need to know and believe that He loves us because God is love. I'm going to say it one more time. Most of us, we've heard that, but I want you to hear it again on a, get it on a deeper level today. He loves you. 
It's one thing to know in your head. It's another thing to know it in your heart. You know, I was one of those that grew up in uh, a Christian home. We didn't go to church much, but I thought everybody in the world was a Christian, you know. Just always considered myself a Christian, and certainly I grew up knowing that, oh, God loves everybody. Yeah, yeah, we know. I knew it right here. But one day, when I was going through a terrible heartache and trouble in my life, an older saint began to talk to me about the Lord. And they kept saying over and over something that I already knew. Mark, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. And I prayed a sinner's prayer that night and asked the Lord to save me, to forgive me of my sins. I just want you to understand, you see, it's one thing to know it in your head and it's another thing to know it in your heart when you really, really know in an experiential way. You see, it can't just be something that we, we know between our two ears, but it has to be something that we are experiencing in our life. And you need to, you see, when we say no, we're not just talking about it in the head, we're talking about that you know it, you're experiencing an experiential knowledge of the love of God. And that's why the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians that he was praying this for them. It's Ephesians 3, 17. We'll start halfway through the verse there and read through 19. He says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is my prayer this morning, that we would all know this love, that we would be able to grasp how amazing, how big is the love of God. He says, to know the love that surpasses knowledge. How can you know something that surpasses knowledge? you got to experience it. It's too big to just tell about. And we ought to tell it, but I'm just telling you, it's something that you have to experience in your own heart and life to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And when you experience it, oh, then you know, then you know. And when we really know this love, he says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Think about this for a minute. That you might be filled, filled up to the measure, to the full, with all the fullness of God. Wow. What a powerful truth. You see, it's so important that we never forget that every day of our life we realize we are walking in the love of God, that there is a God who loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son for us. Listen, it is the pivotal point of history. It changed absolutely everything when He came. And it is forever changing lives. This love is too big. For words, we need to know. It'll reach you. 
no matter how far you stray, it's still there. No matter what mistakes you might have made, no matter how terrible your sins, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I want to remind you again, he loved you at your very worst. And he loved us, not because of anything that we've done, but in spite of what we've done. See, we got to always keep this right, that it is in spite of our faults and flaws and failures. It is in spite of our sins and our bad habits. It's in spite of us, He loved us. Sometimes with family and friends, I, I tease and, and I, for no reason, okay? I mean, they haven't done anything wrong, but just being me and... I know a lot of you, you don't know me this way, but I say to them, I say, I love you anyway. And they're like, what? What did I do? But here's the thing. He really does just love us anyway. It's just who He is. He loves us anyway. He loves you anyway. Uh, see, that ought to hit a bunch of you because some of you, you're thinking, me? Yeah. With all that, He loves you anyway. And if you're thinking, well, hey, no, I'm telling you, He loves you anyway. We all need to know it. It's not because of what he's, we have done, but it's just because of who He is. He loved us enough to send His Son to die in our place so that we could become His sons and daughters. 1 John 3, 1, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. I know in this world, there's a lot of people who just say, oh, well, we're all children of God, no matter what you believe or what, you know, you're all children of God. That's not true. We are children of God when we are born again, when we are born of Him. We, it's not a pretend thing. It's not just something we say, but it is literally that we be spiritually, we become the children of God, that He truly is our Father. This verse says, Behold what manner of love the Father, like the NIV here, says, has lavished on us. He's just poured this out on us that we would be called His sons, His daughters, His children. See, you might feel like you're unimportant. Maybe you feel inferior in some way, but He loves you. Listen, He loves you when you don't make good grades. He loves you when you get fired from your job. He loves you when you... Shame on you, but when you yelled at your wife. He forgives you. He takes the shame away. Here's the point. See, whatever, whatever... We go through whatever happens in our life, and no matter how big of mistakes we make, He still loves us. That doesn't mean there's no consequences for our mistake, but He still loves us. We live in a world that's corrupted by sin. And sometimes people question the love of God because of the things that happen in this world. We just need to always remember 
that the evil things that happen in this world are a result of the sin of man. Not just Adam's sin, but because of our own sin, because of sins that happen today. It is the result of wicked man, and it is the work of Satan. But our God loves us, and He loves us so much that, listen, in this world, we don't have anything to fear. Yes, there's all kinds of terrible things that go on in this world, but First John tells us that perfect love casts out fear. We don't have to be afraid in this world because every battle that you face, I want you to know that His love is bigger. Every test, every trial, His love will outlast. His, his love is always going to be there to get you through to victory. To victory, yes. I tell you, we, when we have a deeper understanding of the love of God, it just brings freedom in your life, just brings such peace in your life, just brings such joy in your life. That's, that's why we need to know this love, how big it is. We don't have to be afraid. Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Listen, verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. More than conquerors because of the great love of God. In all these things, he said. Now, I got to say, the things that he listed out there were pretty severe. They're pretty heavy, right? Famine and nakedness and sword and... Make your list. Make your own list. What are the things that you're dealing with? What are the things that you're facing? And all these things, you're more than a conqueror. See, head, you got health issues. He loves you. He's your healer. You're more than a conqueror. Dealing with financial trouble. He loves you. In all these things, we're more than conquerors. You got a child going the wrong direction? He loves you. In all these things, you're more than a conqueror. Your spouse has asked you for a divorce. In all these things, you're more than a conqueror through Him who loves you. I'm just telling you that whatever it is that you face, that He will get you through. And you need to face every day with this mentality. Whatever comes my way, I'm more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. And I, you know, we got to keep this right, keep this humble, because it is never about how good or how great we are. It's through Him who loves us. See, we're not boasting about being a conqueror ourselves. We're boasting about being a conqueror because He loves us that much. More than conquerors through Him who loves us. But we need to be absolutely convinced that whatever comes my way, I'm going to overcome. I'm more than a conqueror. Let's go on in verse 38 and 39. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life 
neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Not death, not life. Not angels, not demons, nothing right now, nothing down the road, no power, no distance, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Whatever you're going through this morning, He loves you. He'll get you through. Nothing can separate you from that love. We can reject it. We can neglect it. We can be unaware. And that's why this message is so important. That not one of us be unaware. He loves you. He loves you. Right now. He loves you. And He's going to love you tomorrow. And the next and the next. He loves you. Nothing can stop it. Every day, we need to have an awakening to the love of God for us personally. To realize again, His mercies are new every morning. That God still loves you today just as much as He ever did. And when we're convinced of that love, I tell you, it changes our outlook. It changes our perspective. It boosts our faith. It helps us to realize that the promises of God really are for us. Because He loves us. There's another John 3.16. It's 1 John 3.16. How can you really know for sure? We'll just keep piling on here, all right? 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. He's telling us what real love looks like. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And I want you to take it personally this morning. See, we, we sometimes Christians are guilty of saying, oh, I love the whole world. It's no chore. But if you're talking about loving my neighbor next door, and here's the thing, you see, we got to take that personally. But I think sometimes we just kind of think, yeah, he loves everybody. He died on the cross for everybody. You need to take it personally this morning. He loves you. He died on the cross for you, for your sins. For me. For me. This is how you know. And then he says... We've got to lay down our lives for our brothers. We celebrate Christmas by celebrating the love that God has for us. I think we should also celebrate Christmas 
by loving one another. There's no better way. As we all know this, it's certainly not about the decorations. That's fun. It's not about the decorations. And it's not even about the gifts, although that can be meaningful. I'm not saying it's not meaningful, but I'm saying it's not really about the gifts. You can have all those things, but if you don't have the love, it it doesn't really mean anything. The most important thing is that we love one another. And in, in every way that we can, and the, you know, from the little things to, to big things, but however we can, we need to love one another. Not with words. 1 John 3.18 says, but with actions and truth. We really love one another. This is a way to celebrate Christmas that's very real. And I want to challenge you to do this at every family gathering, at every, every opportunity when you get together with friends at Christmas and to make that the most important thing. But also for us as a church, we celebrate His birth, we celebrate His love for us. And one of the ways we do that is we love one another. I don't want a single person to leave this building today not knowing that you are loved. Oh, how we need to tell one another, how we need to show one another the love of God. Let me read these verses to you from 1 John 4, 11 and 12. He says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yes. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, notice the context here. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And His love is made complete in us. Something very powerful here. When we love one another, His love is made complete in us. It's like the circle is completed. He loves us and we love one another. Because we can't say we love God if we don't love our brothers. And I just want to encourage you. You want to experience the love of God more? Love one another more. It's amazing how when we love one another more, we find ourselves in the presence of God. We find ourselves right in the thick of the love of God. Celebrate Christmas by loving one another. This is how we can celebrate Christmas year-round and not be made fun of for having your Christmas lights on all all year-round. Here's a real way to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. We just love one another. 
to the best of our ability the way that our God loved us when He gave His only Son. Last verse. 1 John 4, 19. We love because He first loved us. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I want our prayer partners to come.